Hello and welcome to a special Monday edition of the In the Money Players podcast. This is our show for Monday, August 15th, covering the Mid-Atlantic Pick 4. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, back with you in the little house on the east side, sitting at the kitchen table once again, and very excited to bring in two guests whose opinions I always want, especially when we're talking about tracks in which they specialize. And with that in mind, we have with us from the Colonial Down simulcast feed and many other places, including lots of stuff over here at In The Money Media, Jessica Paquette. Jessica, what's going on? Good morning. It's a all-turf pick four. This is going to be a lot of fun. I do like the all-turf angle on this. That's that, that, that definitely adds some excitement to it. Weather actually in this part of the country been very, very good. Is it still hot as blazes down there at Colonial? And, and what's going on uh, have you, I assume you've looked and and some clear skies for tomorrow, at least. What do you think? It is going to be downright chilly this week. We have a little bit of a cold front coming in, uh, some rain coming in as well. The match series races are on Tuesday. I think that may be the rainier of the and the chillier of the two days, like low 70s. Um, I, I'm going to freeze. But the weather is looking uh, very pleasant to be at the racetrack for the next couple of days. And any sort of rain, I think it'll be pretty incidental, just you know, covers the dust, doesn't really affect the surface. I, we should mention that that Tuesday car there there's a lot uh, there's a lot of good stuff going on including the $600 BCBC NHC qualifier and you can play that online you've got um, TVG and 4NJ bets covering it for that you have to be signed up the day before so you have to sign up Monday if you're going to play via TVG express bet players have a little bit more time up until race 1 on Tuesday the man to contact to register, Brian Skirka over at Monmouth Park. If you're already a contest player, you are probably already in touch with him and know just how to get to him. But if you're hearing this and saying, hey, I'd love to play a contest on a Tuesday. I want to go to the BCBC. Just send an email to him, bskirka at monmouthpark.com. And his last name is spelled S-K-I-R-K-A. Our next guest, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if he's playing in that Tuesday tournament. I know he'll be playing in the Monday Mid-Atlantic Pick 4. He's had an incredible knack so far, or or lately at Colonial, of coming up with one huge price early in the sequence and then getting beaten late in the sequence by an even crazier price. He is Nick Tamaro. Nick, what's going on? I'm doing great, Pete. That was a delicate way of putting it. Yeah, I've reached a point where I'm watching the payoff leg of any wager at Colonial Downs when I'm alive and trying to figure out who's going to beat me. And they get even more interesting, including last Tuesday's feisty kitten at 60 to one, who was probably more like 800 to one on paper. But hey, that's the plight of the horse player. (laughs) <laughs> Indeed. And it's not like you haven't had some success up here at Saratoga. So we can break out the world's smallest violin for you, given some of your success in the, in the contest and with that pick six the other day. Yeah, no, I'm not going to look for any sympathy. I know where uh, most horse players would direct me into the dictionary and, and which words to look between for it. So no, none, <laughs> none sought from me. Let's talk about the Mid-Atlantic pick four. Starts off a little earlier this week, I think, than it's been the last couple. 3.49 Eastern is the scheduled post time for race number five at Monmouth, where we've got these Jersey-bred three-and-up filly and mares in a starter allowance condition going a mile and a sixteenth on the turf. Nick, we'll start off with you. Who do you like in this field of eight? You know, I thought this was kind of an interesting race because you've got a couple of veteran Jersey-breds that – 
you could easily be getting a little tired of, and I'm talking about the horses kind of drawn mid-pack, Kittens Collusion, Perspicacious, and Pacino's Idol, and they all contested the Jersey Girl at Mammoth last month. That was won by Bramble Bay as a big favorite. Perspicacious showed the most speed. She's now getting Lasix for the first time for Ken Sweezy, and Paco Lopez is getting on board, and that's probably going to lead to her being either favored or close to it. Because you'd have to imagine Paco is going to put her somewhat forwardly placed. The pace in the Jersey Girl was very strong, and um, and I think she ran pretty well, all things considered. It's still debatable as to just how much of a of a turf horse she is. Pacino's Idol is second off a claim. She tried the Jersey Girl, showed nothing. The blinkers are going on her now. Jose Ferrer's on again. You would think that would lead to her being a little bit forwardly placed. So you have Kittens Collusion, Perspicacious, and Pacino's Idol all being horses that come out of the Jersey Girl that don't really inspire a ton of confidence. Then you have her name is Lola on the outside, who broke her maiden last time out very impressively, totally pace compromised, two back with no no running on early whatsoever, and she really took a step forward last time out. You know, this is a big jump in class, but I wonder if she's maybe just caught the right field of Jersey bred. So as far as the Mid-Atlantic pick four goes, I was going to use the five and eight as main horses and back up with the four and six, just because I respect the connections and the drop uh, from the two other than down to the one other than on Perspicacious. Perspicacious, what an appropriate name for us to bring in our next guest, who always has a keen insight into things. Jessica, how are we going to kick this thing off? So I'm in agreement with Nick in a lot of things and that we are sort of a little tired of the four, the five and the six. These are horses who at this point, they've showed us everything that they are. And at a certain point, you know, you fool me so many times. I mean, I give a lot of chances. I am using a, her name is Lola on the outside. I think she found her right group against Statebreds and both her efforts against fellow Statebred competition. Really, they, the recent ones have been very good. There are a couple of horses here who I'm not entirely convinced that two turns is really their game anyway. And she's a proven thing around two turns. I also am going a little, maybe a little out of the box here with the seven tail lights. I think this filly has a lot of upside making her second start off the layoff, stretching out to a route here. She sprinted last time. That was okay. It wasn't a bad effort at all. It was a decently encouraging effort off of a pretty extended layoff. And I think getting back to two turns, she'll be much sharper here. So I'm going to use the seven tail lights and the eight. Her name is Lola is A's. I'm going to back up with Pistino's Idol. All right, Pistino's Idol making the tickets on the backup line. And with that, we will move it to uh, your home track, Jessica, or at least this time of year, your home track, Colonial Downs. Race number seven is the first of the Colonial races. We've got Dime Claimers, Phillies and Mares, three and up, going five and a half on the turf, and a field of 11 going postward. Jessica, we'll keep it with you. Colonial really does feel like my home track at this point anyway. Uh, this is actually one of my stronger opinions on the card. Number eight, T in China. Cutting back to a sprint after what I thought was a really honest effort going a mile last time out. Her trainer, Karen Godsey, is a local Virginia-based trainer, so she really only races during this Virginia racing season. So I do think her horses, while they look fantastic, they need a couple of starts to really get their feet under them. And this filly, there was a moment at the top of the stretch where I was like, oh, you are going to outrun everything about you that does not want to go long. And she couldn't. I mean, she ran out of gas, but it was, a, I thought, a really honest effort. I think cutting back to a sprint makes her very appealing here. I'm also going to use Mamba Queen number two. She's dropping down a bit. Her sharp cruising speed makes her a big factor on the front end. I'm not going to hold that last effort at Laurel against her. She wasn't able to really sustain that speed, but I think against this group, she'll be a little, she'll have an easier time on the front end. 
I like the case on T in China. It looks, looking at the pace line, ideally suited for the cutback. And wow, just one for 17. A lot of those races, basically almost all those races, have been against uh, better. So maybe she can find herself in the third start off the layoff. Nick, let's bring you in for your thoughts on this one. Yeah, I wanted to go three deep. T in China being one of them. Always like the the speed running line on in a hot paced race, cutting back. I think that really makes her dangerous more in the later stages. Third off the layoff, as Jessica alluded to, probably a horse who's now getting into her form cycle a little bit better um, than she has been in her last couple of starts. I thought the nine tacky lady was a little interesting. Faced much better last time out at Delaware, going seven and a half. The uh, turf sprint back at Penn National in June, I thought was good enough to to definitely contend for a big piece of it here. And then I have to respect the the drop in class on the four, write this down coming from New York. I know she's not been running well, but those are just totally different horses than she's facing here going from 30 to 10 coming into Virginia. So I, I wanted one of those three. I'll use those as main horses. I don't really have anything against the one and two on the inside, both of whom should have a, the two should have a little bit of speed. The one shown speed as well. Didn't get off to the cleanest start last time out. So four, eight, nine is main one, two backups. All right, let's go back to Monmouth. It's we, we skip ahead a race, though. It's not the sixth today. We're not going sequentially because we're doing the all-turf thing. So that means our next port of call is Monmouth race number seven, scheduled for 445 Eastern. We've got starter allowance types going a mile and a 16th on the turf. Nick Tamaro, who's your idea of the winner? Yeah, this was a tough race. You've got a couple of horses coming in off good recent efforts that followed claims um, somewhat reasonably recent before, you know, prior to that. Hellman was a, a maiden winner last time out, first off the claim by Jose Sanchez, who is seven for 14 at Monmouth coming into this. That was as of uh, going into racing on Friday. So it feels like even though that horse got a big pace set up last time out, you really have to respect that kind of form and, and what the trainer is showing as well. I like the two larger than life who's dropping in for a tag or I'm sorry, dropping out of one other than allowance company. This is a, a pretty significant drop. And this horse was facing much, much better when he ran in a, in a Haskell day. One other than those races are always a little bit more robust in terms of a field depth on Haskell day than they would be on just a run of the mill day. I'm a little worried about God is love on the outside. Claudio Gonzalez, first off a claim, his barn is really heated up lately. This horse has speed. These are the kinds that are dangerous when they get into the care of, uh, of somebody like Claudio. So I would probably be frightened enough to use him as well. So two, three, nine for me as main horses, I would probably back up with the uh, one and five. Do you have any insight yet? It might be too early to ask you this about what, how the fixed odds market is looking for, for this race. I know when we were talking with Dallas the other day, he said they'd been definitely uh, trying to be very careful with these Gonzalez runners as hot as they've been. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it, it'll kind of like Dallas was saying the other day, what'll happen more or less. I mean, to answer the first part of your question, the fixed odds are, are going to be available around noon for the for the following racing day. So they'll go up uh, gotcha. during the card at Monmouth. And what'll happen here is that this horse will probably have, you know, a dollar to a dollar fifty, speaking of decimals worth of, of move down. For Claudio right now, and the trainers that that are being that that's being done for at the moment are Claudio and uh, Avila, 
Um, and that's pretty much it as far as who's really winning sort of relentlessly. There are certain scenarios like uh, Jerry Hollendorfer has done really well in the two-year-old races, but that's tricky from a fixed odds perspective without going on a big tangent. But that's tricky from a fixed odds perspective because those horses are going to get bet pretty heavily. So you you never know who is going to walk over to the fixed odds market and really want to make a big bet on a horse where they're only getting maybe plus 120 or plus 140 but you also, at the same time, you want to be scared of those as well, because if somebody comes over, they're going to be looking to make a big bet. So it's kind of the yin and yang right. of the fixed odds market versus uh, versus the tote. So the Hollendorfer won with a new farm firster on Friday that I think paid a little bit more on in the fixed odds market, but it was like four to five versus, you know, nine to 10. So it was very, it was very close. Uh, cl- close in odds, but that game within a game and that ability to even lock in that extra 10 cents in de- decimal terms. I mean, you, you can you can do very, very well on that. It's an experiment we're following closely, uh, hopefully much more than an experiment we're following closely down there at Monmouth Park. Jessica, let's bring you back in to get your thoughts on Monmouth's seventh race. Well, I was also afraid of the Claudio Gonzalez first off the claim horse. I think he's impossible to not use. He also seems to be a different horse on the turf. Going uh, That effort on the grass last time out, I thought was one of his better uh, performances to date, even better than his maiden win, honestly. And I think getting back on the turf again, first off the claim, this is a barn that hits at like a gaudy 22% off the claim. So I'm, I ha- I feel like I have to use him. I also like number three, Hellman. I think he can capitalize. There should be a relatively sharp pace here. I, With the Bonnie Lucas horse gun for success being forwardly placed and also the Claudio Gonzalez horse definitely showing some speed. I think Hellman may be able to capitalize on that. So I'm using God is love and Hellman, the nine and the three, and then I'm going to back up with the one and the five. All right, Gun for Success and Food Bank Helper, an interesting name, uh, on the B-line for Jessica in Monmouth's seventh race, which brings us to the pay leg, which is Colonial's eighth, an allowance race for uh, going five and a half on the turf with 70000 in the pot. Jessica will keep it with you and ask you the key question. How are we going to get paid? I think this is actually one of the tougher legs on the sequence. Uh, number one, Button Boy is my top selection, trying winners for the first time. I love the momentum of a horse going in after a sharp maiden win. Though that win came on the main track at Keeneland, he has shown some ability on the grass as well. And I think, as this pedigree suggests, he's a horse who ultimately will find his best footing on the turf. I do think he may want to go a little bit longer. Six furlongs, I just can't imagine, is going to be his ideal, or sprint is, uh, sprint distance, I can't imagine, is going to be his ideal distance but that six furlong effort a couple of starts back was encouraging i also like the seven shelly island two competitive efforts since coming back off a winter layoff and to me looks like a horse knocking on the door of a breakthrough win these susan cooney horses we tend to get a pretty decent price on they do get a little overlooked at the windows and i'm also going to use the 10 airspeed velocity uh tried stakes company after a good maiden win and i the waters were obviously a little deep for him but i think his speed should be more effective here We've seen the Toner Barn send quite a few live horses to Colonial so far this season. They look well-meant, well-spotted, and tend to run to form. Trainer, I've long been a very, very big fan of. You never have to twist my arm to include him. And airspeed velocity looks pretty interesting in here. What do you think, Nick? What what numbers are going to be on your tickets to get this thing uh, closed out? Yeah, this is an interesting race. I think there's a lot going on. One of the things that's really kind of stuck out to me is that I don't think there's a lot of pace in here. And and I think that really goes to the advantage of the eight upbeat melody for Larry Ravelli and Jareth Loveberry, who've been an extremely high percentage combination. I mean, this time of year, they would normally be winning at Arlington, 
but uh, we won't get going on that. And they've done well enough at, at Colonial, I think, to be considered really dangerous here. So I'm looking for Upbeat Melody to try and take control of this race right away, see if he can go the distance. It's a tougher trip all in all than the five at Hawthorne last time out. So um, that's my biggest concern. I really was only going to use one other horse, the two by the seashore who comes in off a fourth place finish at Laurel where he was pace compromised. This horse is sort of a true turf sprinter. And uh, I think he'll be making a decent enough run on the inside. I tried our airspeed velocity, but I thought he was a little bit slow speed figure wise. I did, did like him two starts back. So I, I don't want to just keep picking or betting horses I did before. So just those two for me and what I think can be a pretty, pretty wide open sequence uh, leading into this last leg. Yeah, that definitely is unusual to have you guys nominate five horses between yeah, you. We, and, we, and, we or, saw this race entirely different. That's really interesting to yeah. me. Yeah. But you know, maybe there's, maybe there's some signal in that in terms of maybe not a bad place to, to do a little bit of, a little bit of extra, extra spreading if your ticket can, if your ticket can, can afford it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I like this bet a lot. I'm hoping it can continue to build some momentum. There have been a couple of little tech hiccups along the way, but it feels like things are smoothed out now. We'll remind folks that you're going to need to look for a separate drop down for this bet. I think on the self-service machines, it's uh, M-I-D-A-T-L-A-N-P-4, Mid-Atlantic Pick 4, um, and then it'll also be a separate drop down on your on your ADWs. I believe we're straightened out and it should be on all of them this week. And we're going to keep covering this bet for as long as it runs, which is through September 5th. We appreciate the, the creativity and we appreciate the time that our guests put into this card and, and getting up early-ish or taking some time out anyway of a busy Sunday morning to be here with us. Thank you so much, Nick and Jessica. Thank you, everyone. Good luck. Yeah, thanks. Good luck for sure. This feels like the best sequence that we've had so far. So looking forward to it. I like the all turf gimmick. Hopefully we can keep that. Uh, we'll keep that going. We'll see how the market responds, hopefully favorably. So we'll thank you two one more time. We'll thank our sponsors over at Monmouth Park, especially Brian Skirka. Reach out to him and play in this contest on a Tuesday. I think it's going to do really well. Opportunity to win BCBC seats, NHC seats, and cash. Most of all, though, want to thank all of you, the listeners, for making these shows so much fun to do. Hit us up on Twitter or through the contact page over at InTheMoneyPodcast.com. This show has been a production of In The Money Media. Our business managers, Drew Cotney, our chief creative officers, Jonathan Kinchin. I'm Peter Thomas Fornital. May you win all your photos. <laughs>